I know, I know most of you that are here, but if you don't know me, my name is Adam Bultel. Uh, I am one of the pastors here. I work most specifically with our, uh, with our student ministry here at Mission Road. And uh, this morning, we are going to be looking at a necessary and relevant topic. This is going to function just as a little bit of a one-off this morning as we look at the topic of technology in the life of the, of the Christian uh, we are going to specifically title this this morning, Devoted Christians in a Digital Culture. Devoted Christians in a Digital Culture. Admit it, you're a little bit scared right now. Is that fair? This is uh, a topic that I came into with fear and trepidation for what it would even mean for my own life. Our talk this morning actually stemmed from an awareness in our student ministry here at Mission Road Bible Church of the, of the prevalence and danger of technology for the purpose of entertainment in high school students. Uh, just in my interactions with students in our own church, uh, conversations that I've had with them, those raised my awareness to how prevalent entertainment technology is in their lives. And then just an awareness within my own heart of my own tendencies to pursue entertainment through digital mediums is something that drew my awareness to the desperate need for conversations about this um, in, our, in our church, in our homes, in our, with, our, with our families, with our friends. As they began to interact with this topic and prepare to talk to our students about the topic of being a devoted Christian in a digital culture, came across various studies that, that showed that the average high schooler is spending nine hours a day on entertainment-based media. Let that sink in for a second. Nine hours a day that the average student is spending on entertainment media. In other words, that's not time at school, that's not time spent doing homework, that's entertainment specific media and the average student is, is receiving nine hours a day. I wanna set our tone this morning with some of these startling statistics that the average high school student consumes nine hours of entertainment media content per day. Here's, a, here's another one, uh, it's not just a student issue, the average adult picks up their phone 85 times per day. Uh, that's a conservative study. There's many studies that indicate that that number is actually much higher, but uh, the average adult picking up their phone on average 85 times a day, checking in, updating, looking for new developments, new updates, playing games, texting, social media, 85 times a day minimum of, of checking our devices. Certainly some of these statistics sound bad and are dangerous for young people, but I, we, we chose this this morning for a combined Sunday school class because I think that this is an equally relevant and dangerous issue for adults. A fascinating insight into adult life is that the, the average adult looks at, looks at 11 hours a day of, of staring at a screen. <laughs> 11 hours a day, the average adult spends staring at a screen of some sort. Now, much of that, I'm aware fully that much of that is, is work related, that much of that um, is necessary just as a function of our jobs. But it just goes to show that we live in a digital world. And that's, that's what I want us to be aware of today. We live in a digital culture. The fact that we, as average adults, are, are checking our phones as frequently as they are, often for good reasons, but the frequency with which it is in our hand, the frequency that we are spending staring at screens leads to the conclusion that we live in a digital world. So the question that I would like to ask this morning is, what does it mean to be a devoted Christian in a digital culture? What does it mean to be a devoted Christian in a digital culture? culture. In 2018, we are at a stage of unprecedented entertainment. We are battling things in our culture that are unprecedented in the history of the world. Now, that's not to say that the temptations that we are facing are in any way new, but the access to the temptations that we have seen throughout all of history are more prevalent in our lives because of our access to digital media than they ever have been before. I believe that media-based technology is what has led to this unique stage in history of unprecedented entertainment. The frequency of the temptations that are coming at us through entertainment 
are more frequent than they have ever been before. Because the frequency of these temptations is unprecedented, it demands that we have an unprecedented focus and awareness on the threats that are permeating our lives. Media usage has drastically changed even over the course of just the past 10 years. Look at the past 50 plus years and television and radio were what dominated the entertainment market. However, the invention of the smartphone has drastically changed the media landscape. Uh, streaming services have now, are now taking over what is a traditional approach to television um, and even to, to traditional radio. Your TV never left its stationary place. Our phones travel with us. And so our access through streaming services is, is, is unlimited. Wherever our phone is, we can access entertainment in a way that we never could before. Netflix and YouTube streaming services have now eclipsed live TV, uh, especially amongst the younger generations. Those who are 50 and older, still the, the, the studies show that they still tend towards traditional TV. But the addition of the iPhone in 2007, and, and, and then that led to tablets and uh, other services is changing everything. It's changing the media landscape. It has changed the media landscape as we know it. Fascinatingly though, average Americans, millennials included, are still spending three to four hours a day in front of their televisions. Their actual televisions that are in their homes are spending three to four hours a day in front of them. You might suspect that because we have added so many mobile devices in our lives and so many mobile entertainment forms, that it would have decreased the amount of time that we're spending staring at our televisions. And you would be right, that is correct. Our, our, our mobile devices have decreased the amount of time that we, that we watch TV, but watch this. It's decreased it by somewhere between three to five minutes from how much TV we watched before we had access to, to devices to where we are today. In other words, entertainment today is not replacing old forms of entertainment. We are simply just adding to it. With all of the entertainment access that we have today, the amount of time that we've traditionally spent doing things like watching TV has only dropped three to five minutes. It's minimal. It's almost a non-existent change. We are not eliminating prior forms of entertainment. We're simply adding to them. Watching TV, in other words, while we are on social media, watching TV while we're playing games, while surfing the web, while texting. We are in a world where entertainments are literally competing against one another simultaneously. In other words, we don't have a decision of do I want to watch TV or do I want to play a game? It's now watch TV while playing a game on our phone. It's not a choice of do I, want to, uh, do I want to do something digital? Do I want to do something to entertain myself? Or do I want to go fill in the blank, go outside and do a bonfire with my family? It's now go do a bonfire with my family with my digital device, entertaining myself around the fire. That's, that's where we find ourselves today. We live in a digital culture. It's everywhere. The world as we know it has changed on the entertainment landscape, unprecedented levels of entertainment in our society. A secular book makes the following statements, a well-known book, you may have heard of it before, Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. He writes this, when a population becomes distracted by trivia, by, by needing to know things, when cultural life is redefined as a perpetual round of entertainments, when serious public conversation becomes a form of baby talk, when in short, a people become an audience in their public business and act of theater, then a nation finds itself at risk. Culture death is a clear possibility. That is Neil Postman in his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. He made, he penned those words, voicing concerns of the entertainment and amusement-centered lives of Americans, and that it would inevitably lead to, to what he called culture death, to the loss of relationships to the inability to communicate. He penned those words in 1985. We look at the world that he saw and compare it with our own and there is almost no comparison. We are at an unprecedented state of entertainment. That therefore leads to unprecedented danger and the temptations that come along with that which demands an unprecedented awareness on our part to have our guard up 
and be strategic in how we deal with this in our lives. I wanna just bring you up to speed on broadly what I'm referring to when I refer to the things that I'm bringing up today. I wanna give you some primary categories of digital entertainment. I'm, I'm breaking this down this morning just as I survey the landscape and what I observe is, is five primary categories of digital entertainment that are permeating our lives in 2018. I'm gonna break them down into five categories. Number one, what we are watching, what we are watching. When I say what we are watching, I'm referring to uh, things like television, to cable. Uh, I am still a proud owner of an antenna in my home. Any of you guys still have antennas? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm actually surprised by that. There's a lot of antennas. That's not a conviction on my part. It's just a cost-benefit analysis. So we do Fox and CBS and ABC and NBC, and uh, we get those with an antenna, and it's totally free. It's amazing. Anyways, uh, we're cable. Antenna, TV, what we're watching, streaming devices such as Netflix, Amazon Video, Hulu, um, other, other avenues are, are YouTube, Vimeo. Uh, one that's dominating the landscape right now is called Twitch. Um, some of you may be aware of that. It's probably a little more prevalent on the student side. Twitch, someone just opened my eyes to it. Mark opened my eyes to it this week. Uh, it's, it's, it's a service I was looking into this week where primarily you can get on and watch other people play video games. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I have this rehearsed and I'm still dumbfounded right now. This, people are getting on to watch other people entertain themselves. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I got on this website this week just to see what's going on. One guy was playing a popular game right now. He had 200,000 people watching him play this game. Unbelievable. Uh, now, you hear that and you think, well, at least I'm not there. What we're going to see is that the issue goes much broader than, than specific things like that. So first category, what we are watching. Second category, what we are studying. What we are studying. Uh, what the things that we're reading. We're often consuming these things on digital landscapes, articles, web searches, random information. Click that leads to click that leads to click. And, and it's not all necessarily bad things. My presentation here this morning is not to indicate that any of these are inherently bad, but that we need to be aware of what the landscape is. That's a second category. Number three, what we are listening to, digital entertainment in the form of what we are hearing, what we are hearing, podcasts, radio, music, uh, that's which we are taking in not just exclusively through our eyes, but also through our ears. A fourth category, what we are playing, what we are playing. This enters into the gaming realm, phone apps and games that we're playing on our phones, gaming systems like Xbox and PlayStation and computer games. Um, there was certainly a time when that was pretty excluded to the younger generation. We are no longer there today. We are no longer there today. This is permeating all of society. A, a fifth category, where we are interacting. This one is massive. Where we are interacting, I'm talking social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, um, even texting can be categorized in this of how we are interacting with other people. So much of our life is summarized in what is right there, what we are watching, what we are studying, what we are listening to, what we are playing, and where we are interacting. All of these are changing the world as we know it. But with all of these things, again, the question that we need to ask is how can I be a devoted Christian in a digital culture? What does it look like to be a devoted Christian in a digital culture? I wanna make one thing very clear from the get-go this morning because I know even in my tendency to communicate and in our tendency to receive this information, how this may sound. I wanna make this clear. Technology is not the problem. We are the problem. Technology is not the problem. We are the problem. Look, understand that technology has been around for as long as the world has been around. Technology is simply a term for applied sciences. It's an application of science as we understand it in our lives. So technology has been advancing since God created the world. Music early on in history was a technological advancement. Tools in metalwork came with technological advancements. Fast forward, the wheel Right? Massive technological advancements, gunpowder, the printing press. These are marvels of technology. Technology is not the problem. As Christians, we need to use technology. We need to be in the world without being of the world. And so that is what's going to set the tone for us today. I wanna to be very clear that what I am not recommending this morning, three things that I'm not recommending this morning. First of all, I am not recommending the destruction of devices. 
My goal this morning is not that we all go home and burn our phones and smash our computers. I think that should go without saying, but I just wanna, want us to understand the goal is not the, the, the destruction of our devices. The phone is not the problem. Jesus used technological devices. He was a carpenter. The, the goal of the Christian is not to avoid technology. The goal of the Christian is to use it for God's glory. So destruction of devices, not an application of what I'm talking to this morning. Uh, a second thing that I'm not recommending, I'm not recommending the elimination of entertainment. I'm not recommending this morning the elimination of entertainment. Look, entertainment goes far beyond technology. Entertainment has been taking place as long as the world has been in existence. Entertainment is a form of enjoyment. I think it's okay for us to have entertainment in our lives. It's the rate and the content of entertainment that is specifically causing concern and what led to this study that we are talking through this morning. So not recommending the destruction of devices, not recommending the elimination of entertainment. Third, and this is important, I'm not recommending necessarily this morning the shunning of the secular. I'm not recommending the shunning of the secular. My call this morning is not that we only consume Christian entertainment, okay? What I've said to the students is, as we've been walking through this is the application of this study is not that you go home and only on a loop play movies like Facing the Giants and Fireproof. Okay? Those are great movies. There's nothing against those. But the application of this is not that we shun everything that's secular. There is much entertainment, I believe, in, in, in the world that is, that is neutral and, and, and is okay. There's certainly bad entertainment out there. We need to be aware of that. But this conversation this morning is going to go beyond just avoiding bad entertainment. What we're talking this morning primarily about is the obsession with entertainment, good, bad, or neutral. Technology is not the problem. We are the problem. So what I am recommending this morning is first and foremost that we evaluate our use of technology, that we evaluate our use of technology specifically in the realm of entertainment and then submit our technology to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that we evaluate, that we honestly look at it in our life and then that we have a willingness um, and, and a desire to submit that to Jesus Christ. That is what I'm recommending this morning. Unlimited technological entertainment consumption undoubtedly has an impact on us. It undoubtedly impacts us when there is unlimited technological entertainment consumption. The most obvious danger is that we are using this opportunity to pursue sin, watching what we should not watch, listening to what Christians should not listen to, saying, on digital mediums, what we should not say, thinking because of entertainment, what we should not think. I hope that we can just move past this quickly because I think it's a foregone conclusion for us. Christians should not use entertainment to pursue sin. Okay, are we there? Are we there? All in favor say aye. Good, thank you. Okay, so we can move on from that. But that, that's a black and white issue in the realm of entertainment. Like if, if you are using entertainment for the sake of pursuing sin, that's obviously an issue and obviously something that you need to cast aside, something that, that needs to be dealt with aggressively. That being said, the issue of entertainment is not just am I using this to pursue sin. The issue in our culture, I believe, is not just entertainment that's producing lust, entertainment that's producing sin in us. That's, that's not the only issue of entertainment. And, and we're not gonna spend any time on that specifically this morning. There are so many more substantial impacts of unlimited entertainment con consumption, but they are often incredibly subtle. They're often incredibly subtle. So this morning, I'm gonna, this is not exhaustive, but I'm going to give you some examples, some potential dangers of uncontrolled entertainment consumption, All right? So this is how we're gonna structure this for just a few minutes. Nine potential dangers of uncontrolled entertainment consumption. There are more than this. Uh, I had a list a page long and I, and, I, and I got it down to nine that I think are especially important for us to talk about. So I wanna, I wanna just present a series of potential dangers. Not all of these may apply to you. There may only be one or two of these that apply to you, but I wanna put all of these in front of us with the awareness that we need to avoid that which is the explicit pursuit of sin, that there are all of these others, subtle 
but substantial dangers in unlimited entertainment consumption. Again, these are subtle, but substantial. Number one, number one, because of uncontrolled entertainment consumption, our schedules mirror the world's schedules. Our schedules mirror the world's schedules. What I mean by that is that our use of time looks no different than the world's use of time. When we're looking at hours upon hours upon hours of entertainment in our life, it suggests that our values are no different than the world's, that our desires are no different than our world's, than the world's, that our time management is no different than the world's. As Christians, our desires must be different and that must reflect in a, in a different schedule, in a different use of our time. If the world is consuming unlimited amounts of entertainment, the Christian should look different. And, and it's easy to slip into this because it's normally not the case where we go from zero entertainment to, to, ten, to dozens of hours a week. It's subtle, it's subtle, it, it slips in. The entertainment world is intended to dominate our time. As we've been talking with our students, one of the conclusions that we've seen is that entertainment may be the single most time-consuming part of their life. It may be the single biggest chunk of their life. Now, the studies that show that are, are, are nationwide studies. My hope is that the students in this ministry and that, that, that those in this church, that, that their schedules would look different. The entertainment would not be the biggest portion of their life. Studies indicate that, that our students are spending more time on entertainment media than they are sleeping. And this is no surprise. This is no surprise. The intention of these things is that they would dominate our schedules. In fact, uh, the CEO of Netflix, Reed Hastings, said this, we are competing against sleep. That is what the CEO of Netflix saw as his primary competition, the sleep of humanity. It's amazing, competing against, against that which is common and necessary in our lives, but entertainment, it, it consumes us and it draws us in and it dominates our schedules. Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 17, Paul says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. An appropriate question for us to ask in light of entertainment consumption is, am I making the most of my time? Does my schedule look different than the world's schedule? The days are evil. The days are evil. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish, Paul says. Don't walk as fools, but walk as wise men. Wise men make the most of their time. Okay, the first potential danger, our schedules are like the world's. A second potential danger, again, that may or may not apply to you. There are strategic approaches that we can make in light of entertainment that can cause our schedules to look different than the world's because our desires are different than the world's. But a second danger that may apply to you, our worship is directed to, to what is worthless. Our worship is directed to what is worthless. We direct our worship, our, our, our time, our money, our energy, our attention, our thoughts to the many worthless things that we pursue in entertainment. It is so easy with unlimited entertainment consumption for, for all that we love, for all that we desire, for all of our energies, all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength is longing for that. And if that is the case, then our worship is ultimately being directed to what is worthless. Something that we need to evaluate in my life. Am I, by, by the life that I'm living, am I worshiping entertainment? Am I worshiping that which is worthless? Romans chapter 12. Many of you know this passage well. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Present your body a sacrifice acceptable to God. 
This is your spiritual service of worship, Paul writes. Worship is a life continually sacrificed to God. And then he says, this is so important for this study. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't look like the world. Don't have a schedule like the world's schedule. Don't worship what the world worships. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Work backwards through that text. We understand that we are not supposed to look like the world. Rather, our life should be filled with what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that shows what the will of God is. Which can only be done if we don't look like the world, but are being transformed. Okay, so just we're two in, but let's evaluate these things. Schedule, in light of entertainment consumption, does my schedule look like the world's? Is my worship directed to that which is worthless? Number three, number three, our relationships our surface level, our relationships, our surface level. Evan Spielberg, the the founder of Snapchat said this, the combination of social and media has yielded incredible business relationship, has has yielded incredible business results, but has undermined our relationship. I'm gonna put up over the course of this this morning a series of quotes. These are from secular individuals. I just wanna do that so that, we, so that we're aware in the church that even the world is aware of some of these dangers. But that as those who are to be, to be a living sacrifice to God, that, that, that we need to respond to these dangers. If these things are undermining relationships, even from a secular worldview, it demands that we evaluate these things and say, are these limiting in a biblical sense my relationships? Are they undermining? And, and, and my concern is that so often our relationships are becoming surface level. Social interaction, we're entering heavily into the, into the realm of social media here. Social interaction or, text, or texting. That social interaction often leaves us ironically in a position of being antisocial. Social interaction leaves us anti-social. Just look around and you will see this prevalently in our society. Sitting in a room together with a group of friends or, or family members, but separated. Families can be sitting in the same room together, all on their devices, watching, interacting, playing, different things together, but miles apart. Social interaction is now happening. 2018, this is where we are. Social interaction is happening through technological mediums. How, how, how students are connecting with each other and how we often, I mean, I look through my phone and see the amount of text that I communicate with so many people in this body. We communicate through technological mediums. The Christian walk is intended to be intensely personal and relational. The Christian walk is intended to be intensely personal and relational. And often relationships that are, that are isolating themselves to technological mediums are surface level relationships. There are limitations to that. Now, many see technology by definition as antisocial that to be on your phone is to be antisocial, just recognize that while there are elements of that that may be true, there's another argument to be made today in 2018 that the issue is not always that we're antisocial, but that we're hypersocial. And that that is what is driving many of us to our phones, the desire to be always connected to other individuals, always communicating. This is a concern that that I regularly have with, with relationships, romantic relationships with young people, that the communication never stops. We're always connected. We're always watching each other. The issue with technology I believe is we need to approach it is not just that, that we're always connected or that it's antisocial by definition, but that technological social interaction is, is often just surface level interaction. The Christian walk is to be intensely personal and relational, spending time together, sharing meals together, 
bearing burdens together, praying together, singing together. There's certainly some ability to do that through technology, but it's limited. And I believe that the Christian walk needs to go beyond that to, to we, we could just insert every one another command right here. There's certainly some of the one another commands in scripture of how we are to relate and bear burdens and, and build up and bind together and love one another. There's certainly ways we can do that through technology, but it often has limitations to it that are dangerous for us that are dangerous for us. And so it's something to be aware of. As a result of technology, are my relationships just surface level as, a, as opposed to being intensely personal and relational? Number four, we need to keep moving. Number four, our identity, I'm off here. Our pleasures are unprofitable. Our pleasures are unprofitable. How profitable, just evaluate that. How profitable are most of our entertainment pursuits. So often in our lives, we embrace that which Solomon calls the vanity of vanities. That which is worthless as we saw before. Now, again, I wanna be clear on this. My recommendation when we come to a conclusion here is not going to be that we shouldn't have any entertainment, that we shouldn't have any enjoyment in our lives. I think that we need to evaluate the, the, the profitability of the source of our pleasures. This doesn't mean that all entertainment is wrong because it, it's, it's, it's limited in its profitability. It may mean that most of our entertainment though is vanity. Vanity of vanities. Just because as we're evaluating our entertainment, we look at it and we say, and this is often what we do, you know, it's not bad. What I'm looking at isn't inherently wrong. I spent some time yesterday watching, watching college football. Is, 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 that, is that inherently wrong? Well, no, probably not in and of itself. But as we evaluate these things in our lives, one of the questions that we have to ask is not just, is it good or is it bad? But the impact that it's having in our life. Is it, is it profitable for us? Just because something isn't bad doesn't make it inherently okay. First Corinthians chapter six, Paul writes, look, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me. And this, this is such an important line in the context of entertainment. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. That's first Corinthians six. Verse 12, even if it's okay, I will not let it master me. I will not let it control me. An indication of whether or not something is profitable in our lives is whether or not it masters us. Whether or not it masters us. Am I being controlled by this? If you find yourself in a position where you're being controlled, where, where, where you cannot stop running back to entertainment, it's dominating your schedule, it's dominating your worship, then that is an indication that what you are taking pleasure in is ultimately unprofitable. It's so easy to ignore Solomon's great conclusion that he draws in the book of Ecclesiastes. We don't have time to turn there. Um, I'd love to, love to turn there right now. But in Ecclesiastes chapter two, Solomon looks at all of the things, all of the pursuits that he had in his life. He talks about the pursuit of laughter, the pursuit of drunkenness, the pursuit of possessions, the pursuit of music, the pursuit of sexual pleasure, the pursuit of self-promotion. He says in Ecclesiastes two, verse 10, all that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. What a line for the state of technological entertainment today. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. What I wanted to look at, I looked at. What I wanted to pursue, I pursued. One of the unique attributes of, of where we are culturally is that many of the pursuits of pleasures that we see today were available in the past, but only by the richest of rich. Like we see Solomon, and he was certainly had, had access to unlimited levels of entertainment. He was also the richest guy in the world. <laughs> and so where we are in 2018 is that, that this is accessible to everybody. This is accessible to everybody. 
So there needs to be evaluation. Is this profitable? Solomon, who experienced it all, stepped back and asked, is this profitable? And in verse 11 of Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes chapter two, he says, it was all vanities of vanities. He actually specifically says, it had no profit. So let's evaluate, are our pleasures profitable? Let's keep moving, next. Another danger of uncontrolled entertainment consumption, our identity is hypocritical. Our identity is hypocritical. Social media and texting can easily create a level of communication where we can project an image of ourselves that is not necessarily genuine. It's not real. It's very easy in the, in the social media world to put out an image of ourselves that we desire to put out that's, that's a perfect image. It's just not real. It's, it's often hypocritical. Now, what I'm suggesting this morning is not that when you post a picture, it shows you at your very worst. <laughs> my, my Instagram application is not that I mess up my hair or that as soon as I wake up, I snap a picture of that so everyone sees me at, at my lowest point. But let's have an awareness that often what we're producing in the social media and in the communication world is a hypocritical view and a hypocritical picture of ourselves. We are projecting an image that we want people to see. And it becomes about appearing good. It becomes about approval. It becomes about people thinking that we are good rather than the emphasis being on us, on us being holy and righteous and good before the eyes of God. Again, we could draw our attention to 1 Corinthians 6 where, where Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered by anything. How easily we are driven to, to these, these issues, these technology mediums that project an image of ourself that is certainly how we would desire people to see us, but is often hypocritical. Again, I recognize that even in bringing that up, that there are limitations to how we might change that. But I want us to be aware of what is often in our hearts in those moments. That those things can be motivated by pride and by selfishness. And we're gonna see those pop up again in just a second in this list. Next, our attention is distracted. Our attention is distracted. Another danger of uncontrolled entertainment entertainment consumption. The amount of distraction that exists in our world today is unbelievable. Unbelievable. At any given moment, right now, at any given moment, my phone that I forgot to silence, unfortunately has not rung, could light up with, it has, there's three notifications on here right now. They're distracting me. Could light up at any moment with information to distract me. Your phone is quite literally a portal to another world. You set your finger on it and you are taken away to anywhere that you wanna go. The accessibility is often a distraction. The opportunity for us to be everywhere often leaves us nowhere. The opportunity to see everything often causes us to do nothing. It is insightful that Jesus would leave his disciples behind him to have undistracted time of prayer and time with God. That even though his time with disciples was valuable, that there were times that he set aside those distractions so that he could undistractedly focus on the Father. It's easy in our world of unlimited entertainment consumption to, not, to, to have completely lost a sense of quiet, a sense of focus. We could find some application in this. There's so much to find application in here, but uh, that while we're spending time in God's word to, to shut things off, I made the habit of setting my phone aside when I was reading God's word, but then, uh, but then I got a watch. <laughs> and it's silenced. But at any point, if I even have this thing on, it'll ding. If any one of you texted me right now, I would become distracted. And I will call you out if you do it right now, right? So I'm watching you guys. <laughs> we live in a distracted world. We live in a distracted world. And I recognize, I'm aware, it's, it's impossible in some senses to completely get away from that. But let's recognize the threat and ask, am I being a devoted Christian in this digital culture? Let's keep moving. Another danger. 
Another danger, our hunger for fulfillment is unsatisfied. Our hunger for fulfillment is unsatisfied, ultimately because we're looking for fulfillment in the wrong place. The unstopping stream of information and entertainment through all of these technological mediums leaves us dissatisfied. It's not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling. It's what we saw Solomon say earlier. It was another motto of the, the Lay's chips, right? I'll bet you can't eat just one. That is like an iPhone motto if I've ever heard one. Like, I'll bet you can't go and check one tweet on Twitter. <laughs> I'll bet you can't go and just look at one post on Instagram. I'll bet you can't, this one's tough. I'll bet you can't go and watch one video on YouTube. Because as soon as you finish that video, nine more pop up. And they all look so good, so fascinating, so intriguing. And it's so easy for us to, to follow that line. And ultimately, click leads to click leads to click. But we're left unsatisfied. This is a very real issue. Um, former Facebook executive, not going to try to pronounce that name, said the short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. It's, it's becoming social media interactions are, are becoming driven by short-term satisfaction, but it's a loop. It doesn't ultimately satisfy. It's, it's brief satisfaction, brief satisfaction, brief satisfaction, all vanity. Mark Beinhoff, the Salesforce founder, said technology has addictive qualities that we have to address. These have to be addressed. If that is true secularly, it certainly must be something that we evaluate in the life of a Christian. There's certainly some debate as to whether entertainment and technology is, is a technical addiction in the, mental, in, the, in the medical sense of the word. The desire for entertainment, however, certainly leaves us obsessed. It leaves us obsessed. Let's keep going. This one's big, this one's big. Our parenting is crippled. Our parenting is crippled. Nine potential dangers of uncontrolled entertainment consumption. One of them is that our parenting is crippled. Technology, parents, you know this. Technology can function as a temper tantrum pause button. Can it not? Just kids don't a fit, give them a screen. Instead of correcting, instead of disciplining, instead of talking through problems, we often say, go watch a show. How much of our parenting is being crippled because we are sending our kids into the other room to watch shows or play games? It stops the temper, but it does not address the problem. In fact, it trains our children to say, if I can annoy my parents, then maybe I'll be able to get what I want. If the only way to get your child to be quiet in a public area is to give them a screen, if they will not obey you unless you give them a form of entertainment, then, you're, then your parenting is being crippled by technology. Let's evaluate that. Let's look at that. Are, are, are we using that as an out? Are we crippling our own parenting opportunities because of technology? One more, one more. And this one's broad. We've already talked about it. Our morals are corrupted. Our morals are corrupted. Um, and, and what I mean by that is often that there's often a slow fade in, in technology pursuit where subtle events are happening and our desire to be entertained is stronger than our desire for righteousness and, and we find ourselves lulled to sleep and our sense of right and wrong begins to fade and it can slowly begin to disintegrate because we desire entertainment more than righteousness. It's so easy to fall into this position where, where our morals are being corrupted, where, where that which may have at one point struck us as, as wrong and that to be avoided has been sacrificed for the sake of being entertained. It's, it's so easy for that to take place. And so while I said at the beginning that it's, it's, it's a black and white issue that we shouldn't use technology to pursue sin, I think often we may not even be aware that we're doing it, but it's there nonetheless to feed lust, to feed pride, to feed selfishness. So easy to slip into those habits. Okay, there's a lot there. Those may or may not all apply to you. Uh, they pro probably not all of those apply to any single person in this room, but that is a broad scope of some of the dangers of uncontrolled entertainment consumption. I say those things to raise our awareness. I say those things to, to make us aware that, that there are things that are impacting us, that are impacting our ability to be a devoted Christian in a digital culture. 
So, as you can see, there, we can launch so many places in Scripture to talk about these things. I've referenced so much just as we've quickly worked through this. I want to take you to one text just briefly. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. There are principles that are established there that I have found incredibly helpful for my own commitments in regards to entertainment. So how I would like to close this morning is, is with another outline just briefly for you. Three commitments to guide entertainment's role in our lives. Three commitments to guide entertainment's role in our lives. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus is going to set forth a series of principles and he's, he's actually immediately going to apply them to money. But what we're gonna see is that these are, these are principles that can be applied to so many areas of our life and technology and entertainment consumption is one of them. Three commitments to guide entertainment's role in our life. We're in Matthew chapter six, verses 19 through 25. 19 through 25, uh, 24, excuse me. Jesus says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor, moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For he will either hate one and love the other or will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. Let me give you out of that text three commitments that I have found incredibly helpful in my own approach to technology. Number one, I will choose my entertainment with eternity in view. I will choose my entertainment with eternity in view. Jesus says in this text, don't build up for yourselves treasures on earth. That immediately feels, and as Jesus is probably talking about that, is, is like monetary terminology. But I think so much of our entertainment consumption can be related to building up treasures on earth. Just think about your interaction with entertainment media. Going and checking to see how many likes did I get? Who, 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 who has approved what I've put out there? How in the know can I be? How aware of the political landscape can I show myself? How many movies can I quote? How many shows can I say that I've seen? Jesus says, don't, don't build up that. Don't build up that which is temporary. It's not gonna last. Rather, build up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, live your life in light of eternity and choose your entertainment in light of eternity. Do the things that you will be glad you did. This is just a principle for life and we can apply it to our entertainment. Do the things that you will be glad you did at the judgment. Do the things that you will be glad you did in eternity. A second, a second implication from this text, I will evaluate my entertainment in light of what is good. I will evaluate my entertainment in light of what is good. Jesus says in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Jesus says your eye, what you look at, the things, the things that you are continually perceiving are indicative of what your life is full of. He says, let, let your eye be clear. Let your eye look to that which is good because if your eye is bad, if what you are taking in, if what we're, we're perceiving is bad, that's indicative of what he says here, that our life is filled with that, is that which is bad. Our life is a sum, Jesus says here, of that which we look at. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be filled with bad. If your eye is clear, your whole body will be filled with what is good. Your life is a sum of what you look at. Okay, so let's, let's commit to evaluating our entertainment in light of the things that we want to fill our lives with. Number three, I will submit my entertainment to the Lord. Oh, this is broad, but I think it's, it's how Jesus concludes in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. You will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and wealth. So Jesus immediately applies these principles to the topic of money. So you can't serve God and money. But you can't serve God and entertainment. 
You only have one master. And so the call, the application for us, the commitment to guide entertainment's role in our life is I'm gonna submit my entertainment to Jesus Christ. These principles are applicable really to all issues in life. And I think if we seek to apply these commitments to our entertainment, I don't think they've been helpful for me. This is just one text. We could look at so many other texts that inform our entertainment. This is just one. But what I think we need to do because of the fact that we are in a digital culture is raise our awareness to this issue and start finding, start finding application in our lives for how our lives are to be in this digital culture. How should we then respond? Ultimately in this text, Jesus is dealing with the issue of hypocrisy. He's dealing with, with the thought where your treasure is there, your heart will be also, he says. He's, he's dealing with the thought that I can have a treasure, but that's not really where my heart is. No, where, where your treasure is, not just your heart is, that's where your heart will be, that's your destination. He's dealing with the thought that my eyes, I can look at something, but that's not really who I am. I can continually look at things, but that's not me. It's just, it's just what I'm looking at. He says, no, no, if, if your eye is bad, then your whole body is filled with what is bad. He says, if your eye is bad, that, that's you, that's you. So where your treasure is, your heart is. Where, where your eye is, your, your life is. He's dealing with the issue of hypocrisy. And in that last point, where your service is, your master is. You can't serve two masters. You can't say, I'm gonna serve this person, but he's ultimately my master. No, no. And, and so often our approach in, 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 in entertainment is that it's hypocritical. I think I can watch this, but that's not really who I am. I can fill my life with this, but that's not indicative of my, my heart and my soul. No, Jesus says where your treasure is, your heart is. Where your eye is, your life is where your service is, your master is. Okay. <laughs> this is not a doomsday message. Okay. Though it may feel like that. Technology is not the enemy. Just like we have in all of history, we need to carefully evaluate how to be a devoted Christian in our culture. And our culture is increasingly digital. Technology isn't wrong. Entertainment isn't wrong. It's wrong to be enslaved. It's wrong to pursue sin. So again, this is not a call to destroy our devices, eliminate entertainment, or shun the secular. It's a call to be aware and purposeful to make sure that our entertainment is not what we're living for, that it doesn't dominate our schedules, it doesn't undermine our relationships, that it doesn't promote hypocrisy and selfishness. So I'm not saying that that there's no place, for example, for video games. I'm saying use your video games. We talk about this with students all the time. Use your video games to have a friend over and spend meaningful time with them doing something fun. It's okay to entertain yourself as you invest in your relationship, as long as that's being filled with, with what is good. I'm not saying don't be aware of the political landscape, but interpret it in light of scripture and certainly don't let it enslave you. Don't be addicted to the information or the hot takes that we see every day. It's, it's, it's okay, another example, to watch a movie. As long as it's not producing sin in you, that's, that's, that's a great opportunity. I love spending time occasionally with my wife watching, watching a movie. It's not okay to lock yourself away and watch seven hours of TV shows. It's not okay to be mastered. It's not okay to be enslaved. So let's use our technology and our entertainment for the glory of God. These are difficult issues that demand a lot of wisdom. So let's have good conversations about this in our homes, in our relationships, as, as, a, as a body of believers. Let's, let's just evaluate. Let's evaluate and say, am I living as I should in a digital culture? Because this, this is where we are and it's not going away.